with you through the back doors on the right at our connect table. Um, that's great. I'm very excited for the word that God has placed on my heart for this morning as we continue with our theme of devotion. Before we do, I have a, a serious moment to speak to us as a congregation this morning. And I want you to pay attention. When we meet in, 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 the, in the hall here on a Sunday, there's an entire second congregation that meets in classrooms all around this venue. I don't know if you guys know that. Now, some of you are parents. All the parents in the house, put up your hand. That's great. Are your kids enjoying Kids Church? Yes. Awesome. Are you seeing the fruit of Kids Church in their lives? Yes. You sound so convinced. That's amazing. <laughs> Maybe I should speak to Ricky and the team. Can I ask that question? Do you see the fruit of Kids Church in their lives? In this house, we believe that Kids Church isn't a babysitting facility. And I, I want to say that. It's not a drop and go and you just disconnect. And we are a church. And it's interesting when you study church history that the concept of, of, of Kids Church only crept in quite later. Uh, where parents are like, I just need some time out and we create Kids Church. And up until a certain point, parents and children had church together. That's the example. We're talking about New Testament church. That's how they did it. It wasn't like, okay, kids, you scoot off. Uh, we're going to talk adult stuff and you're not being involved. It's amazing when you take your child on the adult journey of loving God, how impact, what an impact it made in, in that child's life. But we, we believe that we partner with you as parents to make disciples of your kids. It's not the work of the school to disciple your kids. It's not the work of this church to disciple your kids. You as parents have got that first and foremost. And we heard all about it this morning. But my ask this morning is that you would consider partnering with us by, by helping us teach at, at Children's Church going forward. Uh, Ricky and Michelle said they, they're willing to come down and, and ask. But I said, you know what, let me do the ask this morning. If we get enough hands, you will only be on duty at Children's Church once every five or six weeks. So that means if you're that week in a way, you still have three to four weeks four weeks here in a Sunday service to enjoy. And we're really in that place now because of the growth and the, the building that we've seen that we really do need more help. So my ask this morning is that you wouldn't prayerfully consider, because Jesus said we need to teach his word, that you would think about the practicality involved for you and that you would sign up to help with Children's Church. That we would see more of us as parents and again it's the community who raise families sign up and say you know what we want to invest in the next generation we can have incredible encounters in god's presence here but if we lose the purpose and the focus on raising the next generation it's disconnected so really my ask this morning is that you would pray about it tonight there's a children's church information evening you would have received that email from ricky uh, if you're a parent so come and, and hear a little bit more about it but if you want to sign up and say you know what pierre once every five weeks isn't difficult at all. And I want to be part of training the children in the, in the ways of God. You can just speak to Ricky and Michelle after the service at the brand new Connect desk uh, or Children's Church desk. Don't you guys like the upgrades that we're seeing in the foyer and out here? Let's give the team a hand for that. The second thing I want to say is we, we realize that things are getting a little tight here some of the Sundays, the past few weeks, today looks a little bit easier, um, has been challenging, especially with parking and seats in the venue. Um, so what we're trying to do is we, we're trying to create space with what we have. 
God has graced us with this venue and for the foreseeable future, this is where we will have church. But I want to say this morning is that you keep praying and trusting God with us as a leadership as we figure out what the next step is for us in, in, in the growth that we're seeing. And uh, we don't want to just fall into practicality. We want to be leaning into what God says. So we are thinking about these things. Um, I, I want to say this, that even if it feels a little uncomfortable sitting very close to one another, let's, let's huddle up and, and exercise fellowship. And up until that point that God says, and the things are in place for us to, to consider more services or um, maybe you've got millions sitting in a bank account and you don't know what to do with it. You can buy us a venue. Um, that's a good option. But uh, up until that point, uh, let's, let's enjoy what God is doing here, even if it is a little bit full at times. Um, yeah, I'm going to pause it there. I could say a lot about that. But uh, let's get into the word. Devotion, it's our theme for the year. And last week, we looked at, at this scale and we studied the scriptures out of Acts chapter 2, and we, we discovered two things. If we deeply devote ourselves to God, He will come in with dynamic demonstration to us as a church. And we said for this year, or, and I'm actually thinking, maybe it's not a year, maybe it's a culture that God is stirring in, in this house, is that we're going to make this the, 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 the focus point for us. Spending time in His Word and the teaching of it, prayer and praying, fellowship, a shared life, talking in, uh, with one another and speaking into each other's lives, and then worship. And then God will take care of the demonstration. He will bring unity. We will see His power through signs and wonders. We will see generous community where they had all things in common, and they shared everything they had, and they sold their extra property to make sure that people within the church of God had food to eat and we will see continued growth. And we're not going to make the focus these things. We're going to say, God, if we do this, this is on us, that is on you. And it's very simple. You might, might, not, might, might not have been here last week and you say, Pierre, uh, that's a big idea. Well, it's in the Bible. We studied together Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. And it said, they devoted themselves. No leader told them that you ought to devote. No one stood there and saying, hey, how are you doing? They just said, you know what, this Jesus and his message is so profound that I'm going to devote my entire life to it. And they did it through these four things. This morning we're going to talk about being devoted to the word of God. We're going to go through these four things over the next four weeks and talk about one of, all of these and each one for the next four weeks, but I, it's a very difficult topic to try and bring across in one sermon. A couple of years ago, we did a sermon series on the Word of God, which was amazing, and it's actually become one of our, our lessons in the discovery outline or our curriculum of six weeks where we talk about this thing, the Word of God. Because if we understand the power here in and what God does through this, we will have a changed life and He will dynamically demonstrate His power in our life and in our communities. Acts 2 said they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine or to the apostles' teaching. So there's a twofold devotion there. It wasn't just being devoted to the Word, but also being devoted to the leadership that teaches the Word. God gave His church leadership and with that an incredible 
responsibility on the back of leaders to rightfully divide this word of truth in a way that people can understand and apply to their lives. And we see that the first church knew that the leaders that God has given them are there for a purpose and they teach the word of God. We see that in the life of the apostles. I remember growing up in the Afrikaans Reformed Church, we used to say the Geloos Beleidnis. Anyone in the house? Yeah? And I, I, I couldn't read yet. And how it used to work is that the adults would get a little handout with the words on it. This was all before the screen days where we have multimedia and making it very easy. So easy that we don't even open up our Bibles anymore. Um, but it was interesting because it, it would start and all these people would say, you, need, you needed to stand to say the apostles' doctrine, the things that the apostles taught. And I remember as a little boy, it's like, hum, 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 hum. and then everyone says, and I, I wait for those words that I knew. And then it's like, hum, 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 hum. And, then, and then I say, because I remember there's an arde in there. And then, I go, hmm, 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 And then, yes, I'm getting this. I couldn't read. There was nothing on the screen, but I tried to participate in this. And then the best part was the end part, because I get it. The vergeving van sondes, the opstanding van die vlees, en die eeuwige lewe. I used to bulk that out, because that I know. And it's amazing. We talked about this with the Father's Prayer, how we used to recite these things sometimes mindlessly, not really getting what we are saying, but the Apostles' Creed was the doctrine that the Apostles taught. And I'm going to read it to us in English this morning. And you might notice, but it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. That's the other one I always got, Pontius Pilatus. I would shout that one out. <laughs> he was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to the heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, believe in the Holy Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the everlasting life. Amen. That's what the apostles taught. They had encounters with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. And this was their message. And the people devoted themselves to it. I want to show you a quick video about being devoted to the word. Because things look a little bit different today. We have the Bible. We've got the Bible app. We've got the bookstores. And you can pick and choose how you want to apply the word of God to your life. But I want to show you a very short video. It's bad quality. Um, just about what devotion could look like if we're passionate about the Word of God. Thanks, you guys can play it.
就是我们教会这个时候最需要的，真是我们最需要的时候。That's from an underground church in China, where if you own one of these, you get killed for it. And that group of people have never touched one. And then that prayer, Lord, this is all we needed. Every time I watch it, I tear up because I think, Lord, have, have I lost it to be so deeply devoted to this that I say, this is all I need. This is sufficient. I don't need the lights and, and the bands to get me devoted to you. I don't need this amazing community. Your word is all I need. And my question to us this morning is, talking about being devoted to the word, will we, will we be like this church to say, God, in the pages of this book is more than enough. And we choose to say, God, we want to follow this and every part of it. The Bible teaches us in Leviticus 19, verse 37, Therefore you shall observe all my statutes and do them, for I am the Lord. That word observe is powerful. It's not to look at it and just think about it. The original word shama means to actually hedge a wall of thorns around it and guard it. Say that we, we, we love this so much that we're not going to let anything steal this from us. We are aggressively going to withstand anything that says that this is not the word of God. We're going to hedge a wall of thorns around this and guard it for life. Because we believe in this is everything that we need for this life. Hebrews 13 verse 7 talks again about the role of leaders. And it says, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. As you carefully observe, there is that word again, the outcome of their lives. Imitate their faith. So devotion to the apostles' teaching and the word of God foundationally is to know that God has given you leadership and the role of leadership to his body to teach you all things and that you can look at their lives and observe that. And secondly, that you can hold this dear to your life. And that's the goal for us this year in our devotion to the Word of God. Open up your Bibles to the scripture that we're going to read together this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. It is our main text for the message. And from there, we're going to talk, talk through a few things. Lord, we pray this morning as we open your Word, as we just saw in that video, Lord, a deep celebration of this beautiful life-giving book you've given us, Lord. That we will celebrate this morning as we open it up. That we would be expectant to hear what you say. And that we would be ready in our lives to apply it to everything. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lord, use me as your vessel this morning to bring across your word and your truth. Lord, not to me, not to any man, we lift up our praise, but only to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read together. Paul and Timothy and Silvanus, three leaders, wrote this together. 
And I said this, and we thank God, also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, the leaders in their lives, the apostles to the church, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. Which is at work in you, believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus. They were saying that you guys got this. That it wasn't just a clever sermon by some oak who tried and explained things. So you realize that what was taught you was the word of God and not the word of men. So we pray and we, we, we encourage you to constantly apply that to your life. They Reassuring them that as a church you need to be devoted, yes, to the word of God, but be devoted to the fact that leaders have brought it to you and again become imitators of that. And three things we're going to look at from this scripture is that the word is from God and not man. Therefore, it makes it infallible. Secondly, we're going to say that, see that the word of God is at work in you because it's the incarnate word, making it easy again this morning, three eyes. And then lastly, we're going to discover from this piece of scripture that the word is to be imitated. So first of all, the infallible word of God, strong, powerful statement is that there is no fault in it that this stood the test of time, that nothing can come against us, that this can at any point, no point, be broken up and say, ah, there's error. This is infallible. This is perfect. It's the infallible word of God. Spurgeon said it like this. I love it. He said, the word of God is like a lion. You do not have to defend a lion. Think about it. Try and defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion defends itself. Isn't that powerful? And that's what this, this book is about. We don't have to stand and try and defend it. The Bible says don't get caught up into disputes and quarrels. I'm just, this is the word of God and, and it's good. And I'm comfortable with that. And I'm comfortable with what I read in here. And I believe that this is infallible and untouched. And the way I want to explain it to you this morning is... Yes, I'm that strong. I'm joking. I'm not trying to show off. That thing is heavy. But that is how solidly the Word of God stands. You guys need to come and pick this up. It's quite heavy. I'm going to use it in a minute. But listen to this scripture. A voice says, shout. I said, what shall I shout? Not just say, hey, I want to tell you something. Shout it out. These people are nothing but grass. Life fragile as wildflowers. That's not love. It's life fragile as wildflowers. The grass withers. The wildflowers fade. If God so much as puffs on them, breathes on them, aren't these people just so much grass? True, the grass withers and the wildflowers fade, but our God's word stands firm and forever. That's what we are, we are devoting ourselves to, something that is firm and forever. And it's interesting how culture doesn't see it like that. There's always a tension between culture and church. You see, what culture is saying is that this is us, and this is the Word of God, and He needs to come and bend and apply and become relevant to today. 
don't know if you guys have heard this before. We hear it all around. It's amazing how you want Almighty God to bend His Word around something that changes as often as my wife's outfit before we go out on a Friday night. I did check that with her. I asked her this morning. There was four outfit changes. And I just laughed. I said, I've got this, I've got this illustration today. And I told her what I, I'm going to say, and then she just laughed, and she said, are you taking it with me? And I'm like, no, I'm just telling you. It's very real. It's just, it's revelation to me today. So thank you that I may use that. All the men in the house say amen. It's interesting. Culture changes consistently every time. It's amazing that the fights and the battles of the generations past doesn't stand and people don't care anymore. Three, four, five decades ago, people fought for something in culture and we don't even know today what they really fought for. And now today there's all these cultural fights and battles around the world and the world says, you know what? Word of God, come and shape it around us. Because we are the solid ones. We the firm ones. The Bible says, God blows and it's gone. And being devoted to the word of God starts with a deep conviction that this is infallible. The concept has often come up Is the scripture still relevant? And I thought about this. Let's go back right to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. What was relevant in the Garden of Eden? The only relevant thing there was God and that he was the creator of everything that man saw and enjoyed. And then man chose sin. And now the Bible says that God removed man from the fullness of him out of the garden. And now we stand outside and we say, you are the irrelevant one. Your word is the irrelevant thing. It's not us. It's interesting how the fear of man has crept in again versus the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 4 says it like this. Since God has so generously let us in on what He is doing, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we do not twist God's word to suit ourselves. We keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. I'm saying as a house, we will keep the full truth on display in the word of God because we're standing in His presence. And those who want to can come and judge for themselves. But as long as we are here and we meet together and we are a church, this is infallible in our approach. And we will keep it as that. What I do want to say is that that's the one part of the illustration. But the second part of the illustration, imagine for a minute this is your life. This is the word of God. And these are the things that life throw at you. This is the beautiful thing that I want you to get this morning. When you draw near to the word of God, the beating of life won't break you. His word will shape you. Because yes, life does throw us a whole lot. And culture does oppose us. And we do have battles. But if we just say, God, this is difficult. And he comes... 
And we say, God, we're drawing near to you. He starts shaping us through the things that life presents us so that we can become more like him and look like him. I love what David said in Psalm 119. If you want to get an injection of passion for the word of God, go and read Psalm 119. But he speaks about this concept. He says, before I was afflicted, before the beating of life came, I went astray. But now I keep your word. So God allows sometimes the difficult things to come and shape us. But the key is in us saying, God, we draw near to your infallible word so that you can shape us according to that. So again, when we draw near to his word, the beatings of life won't break us. His word will shape us. And the first application to the infallible word is being devoted to the word of God is simply to shape your life around it. It's to take this book and say, God, apply it. Show me how I need to change. Show me how I need to, to, to adapt. Lord, you know what? Bring your discipline sometimes so that I can be shaped according to you. The Bible speaks about the refiner's fire and that we are in it. And I don't know if you know this, but a refiner works with gold and silver and he makes it burn up until that point where he sees the reflection of himself in the metal. And will we be a people that say, God, we trust this infallible word so much that if you come and shape us and sometimes it's hard and you chisel things away, we are thankful that we are being shaped around the most firm and the only standing word that stood the test of time. I love it to see the older generation who've seen all the cultural challenges and seen the, the opposition and yet they stand in the word of God. They are like trees of life that you can sit and just listen and drink in. So first of all, the infallible word. Secondly is the incarnate word. But this isn't just letters on a page, but the Bible says, and we know the scripture in John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the word, the person, the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This isn't just an infallible book that we read and we then apply. This is filled with the breath of God because it's living. It is Jesus Christ who was right at the beginning and his story in here that we can learn from and apply. It's living. I'm going to say this again. It is living. And all we need to do is to breathe in the breath on the pages of this book. That's an interesting concept. Well, it's in the Bible. The Bible does say that every word of God is God-breathed. He is so powerful and he is so convinced on his infallible word that he led men to put this together in a way that we can say, yes, we trust the word of God and we can breathe it in. And the encouragement to us this morning is his word is the oxygen supply amidst the hazardous fumes of our unredeemed culture. If we want to devote ourselves to God, we're not going to do so by applying ourselves to any other opinion but this, and by saying, we breathe this in, we apply this. Yes, there are many opinions out there, but as devoted followers of Jesus, Jesus, you showed us the way, we will inhale this, 
and we will apply this. And that's how we remain living in a world today where there's all these hazardous fumes. I intentionally called it unredeemed culture because my goal here this morning is not to oppose culture and church. We are called to reach the culture. We are called to seek and save that which is still not aligned to the purposes of God. So it's not this battle that I'm trying to portray. It's just saying that, you know what, there's parts of this world that is very much unredeemed. And we have a choice. We can take in the fumes of that or we can have God's breath in our lungs. Because this is living. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For it's not in your strength, it's not in the way that you want to make this happen or in your efforts, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, strengthening you, energizing you, His oxygen, His breath, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for His good pleasure. He is at work in us when we open this up and say, Jesus, we get that you are the living word. And everything you taught and the whole story in this book is about you and it's centered around you and we open it up and we apply it, then He does His work in us. Again, I say this, God made Christianity easy. The scripture says it. It's not by your strength. It's by devoting yourself to this that he will effectively, not just work at you, effectively work in you. He will strengthen you. He will energize you. And he will create in you the longing to fulfill the purposes that he has called you to. Isn't that powerful? It's his breath in us that makes that happen. And being devoted to the word is simply to let Christ work within you. And that's my prayer for us and for each one of you. I want to hear the stories. Again, I love testimonies. This week someone called me and said, Pierre, I have an extremely difficult meeting up ahead. And I really don't know how it's going to turn out. And can you just pray for me? I'm like, I'll pray. Just go with the opposite spirit. Go with the love of Jesus. And... Um, I got a message saying the meeting is about to happen. Please pray. And I prayed and haven't heard back until that evening when the individual called me and said, Jesus showed up and he changed what could have been dramatically different, totally around. And I started ministering to the other party and the other party just dropped walls and received the ministry of God. And we ended up in praying for one another. And I prayed for the opposite party. And then that opposite party turned around and said, I want to pray for you as well. That's when we don't do it out of our own efforts, but we rely on this breathing in and breathing out. If you're suffocating, I want to ask you the question. Have you been breathing the oxygen of God enough in your life to remain above the winds and waves of this world? And then lastly, we are devoted to the imitable word. Not imitatable. The guys, all the Afrikaans guys told me, no, that's not a word. It is imitable. I said a big English word at, um, at the Envisage meeting on Thursday night that even the English people went, yo. And I told them, that's not an English word, it's an Afrikaans word. The word was tempestuous. Tempestuous. Okay. If you want a, a revelation of what that is, go listen to, I don't know, the dictionary. The imitable word, not only is it infallible, not only is it the incarnate word, it is Jesus Christ's life. It is something that we look at and we imitate. 
The Bible says it like this in the book of James. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, or a reader, or a receiver of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He's like a man who's like a woman who keeps going back to the mirror and intently look at what he sees. (laughs) It's interesting. He should have used the woman in there. I'm getting in trouble today. (laughs) My wife and I are always in a battle of who uses the mirror most, so I'm getting back at myself now. Not just, hey, okay, yeah, I look all right, and then you go. I know, I mean, some of us are like that, the men. We're just like, yeah, it's fine, and then we go. Some of us are groomers, and we spend a little bit more time applying the lotions of life so that we (laughs) look all right. Looking at the men today, I think you guys are pretty good groomers. Some of us just went like this and good to go. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Sure, I can't imagine that. We like spend time intently. We look at it, like, okay, yeah, that's fine, that hair is standing right. Uh, oh, blue circles, get some cucumber for the eyes. Okay, that's better now. Okay, now make this loose, now tie it back up. And then you leave like, what did I just see? I can't remember. And you go back. This is what the Word of God does. We need to go and oppose it to ourselves. And I once did an illustration with a mirror where I said, guys, look at it like this and say, okay, yes, you know what? Mm, I, could, I could straighten that out a little bit. And then you straighten it out. Like, you know what? I can apply that a little bit. There's a little bit of a dry... Uh, part of my face. I need to apply some lotion. You know what? I haven't been reading this enough. I'm actually thirsty and there's a dry patch in my life. I'm going to apply it. That's what the scripture says. Let us not be like that where we stand and we see the word of God and we just walk off and like, ah, it's all right. The Bible encourages us to imitate the Word of God. And what I want to share this morning, and this is my concluding thought, with all these things of culture and the Word of God and, and where we stand as a church and our devotion to it, is this. Imitate, don't litigate. What that means is simply, all it is in our devotion is to look at this and just, okay, God, yes, I'll do that. God, yes, I'll do that. And you start imitating it, and you don't make a thing about going to the world and telling them exactly how they ought to do it. But you just imitate Jesus, and you just imitate the Word of God, and then life will come. That is how simple it is to be devoted to His Word. And being devoted to the Word is simply to calibrate to its reflection. It's to go to that mirror and say, God, what is there that I need to adjust so that I look a little bit more like Jesus for today. And I want to ask the question again, especially pertaining to God's word. Do you want to go wide or deep? Do you just want to read Psalm 23 for the 90th time? Because it's the one that you know where it is in the Bible. Or do you want to say, God, I'm going to take this from beginning to end. I want to understand all of this. And I want to, I spoke to someone this week that said they read one chapter nine times. And only by the ninth time, they started seeing things that they never saw before. Because they wanted to go deep and understand this infallible and this life-giving incarnate word of God. And they wanted to imitate it. So let us as a house choose this morning for the year ahead. Say, God, you want to be devoted to this? We know it stands firm. 
But if culture comes and gives us a knock, or if opinion comes and gives us a knock, or if life is just hard, we draw near to you so that you can come and shape us around who you are and the fullness of what you do. Lord, and then we just want to read this and imitate it. Make it a mirror in our lives that we look to and we say, yes, we want to adapt. You guys keen for that this year? If that's you, just put up your hand and say, yes, Pia, I want to do that. That's awesome. I believe if we, as God's people, read His Word daily and just pray, we're going to be blown away by what He could do. Lord, and we thank You for that this morning. Thank You that we hold in our hands and in our hearts something that's transcendent of culture, something that's transcendent of this life, that it goes beyond it. It's incomparable. And I pray, Holy Spirit, You say that You will breathe again on your word so that the written word can become the spoken word of God to our lives for every situation. And I pray that a hunger would rise up in our hearts for this, that we will hunger and thirst after your word like never before. That we will apply it, Lord. And thank you that we can put our confidence in it. Thank you, Lord, that the men and women that went before us and has given us the examples of what it is to be devoted to your word that their life shouts it out, that this is the way. And we trust you for that in this house, Lord. I pray for us who don't spend that much time in it, Lord, that you would just make us hungry, Lord. Just stir us up and say, two minutes today, five minutes tomorrow, ten minutes next week, that we will take the baby steps, Lord, and that we will be people who devote ourselves to your word. Thank you, Lord, that you've given church leadership not just this church, you've given the body of Christ leadership, Lord. Thank you that they are leaders in my life, Lord. Thank you that they are leaders in the elders' lives, Lord, that we can look to, that have taught us the things that we need to know and keep us on track. Let us commit ourselves, Lord, and imitate those leaders that went before us so that we can say, God, that we devoted ourselves to the teachings of the leaders. We trust you for that.